Welcome back to the Music for a Book podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Britt. And I'm Hannah. And you have reached part two of our episode on The Only One Left by Riley Sager. If you are on this episode and you have not listened to the first one, please go back and listen to that first. Otherwise, you will be greatly confused. We go over our song choices, our synopsis, and the first 75% of this book. So go on back there and start. But if you're here, if you're ready to catch up on the cliffhanger where we have found out something massive stick with us we're going to take you through the rest of the book yeah are you ready i am ready so spoilers ahead like we are diving right in like the first sentence of this recap is going to be spoiler city so if you don't want that if you have not finished this book please pause and come back because we are about to reveal the biggest reveal of all. So please have fun with us. Read it so you can listen to our reactions because they are good. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are too and what your theories were before this point. Absolutely. Because there's a lot. So to recap where we left off, Kit had just raced back to Hope's End, ripped open these portraits, and made the discovery that one of three of the urns in the library was empty no ashes no ashes the one that's supposedly virginia's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we've just made a connection about bernice saying that lenora had blue eyes blue but i thought she had green eyes green eyes like lasers she definitely has green eyes according to the first three quarters of the book 100 percent. okay yeah it's making sure we're on the same totally all right so next we have a lovely typewriter letter mm-hmm. where things start to happen the first line is i should have known that the night would end in disaster i should have sensed it in the stormy air all day while pretending to be bedridden i heard the thunder rumbling over the ocean like the cannon fire of an approaching horde a battle was coming and there would be casualties lenora goes about describing the night right it's the night that the servants are given their bi-weekly night off is what she describes as Riggy said, all right, this is possible. Like, this is the night that they're going to run away. She figured, you know, perfect. Nobody would be around except her sister and her father, but she never expected, like, one of them would catch them at all. At a quarter to nine, she slips out of bed, you know, quickly changed her clothes. She squeezed into the dress, the same dress that she wore for the portrait. She just started throwing things into her suitcase, and she turned around, and her sister was in the doorway. And her sister stood with her hands behind her back, holding something she didn't want her to see. So her sister asked her, what are you doing? And so she replies, leaving. And her sister says, well, you're running away with him, aren't you? And she says, yep. Her sister finally notices that she's pregnant. So something that she's successfully hidden for months. And so when her sister notices that, you know, she is shocked. Like, dear God, what have you done? She starts freaking out, like, please don't tell him. Like, please just let me leave. You hate me after all. Won't that make your life easier being an only child? You know, her sister snaps back like, now when the family name's ruined, it's not just you who will be affected. All of us will pay a price. Think of your reputation. Think of mine. So her sister is like, nope, I'm not letting you do it. I'm not letting you run away. She's like, yep, go ahead and tell them. They won't keep me from leaving. Then her sister says, I think it's time for one of our old games. You remember how to play it, don't you? And her sister reveals what she has behind her back, a key to her bedroom door, which... We should remember from earlier that these doors only lock from the outside. 
So her sister promptly locked her in a room. So locked inside the room is the pregnant sister. The pregnant sister is now completely trapped and she threw herself against the door, just begging to be let out and slammed against the door and her water broke. Panic flooded through her body and she knew that her baby was coming early and fast. So terrified, she pounded on the door, calling for her sister. She said, please, please, Lenora. Wait, so Lenora's not the pregnant sister? The pregnant sister is Virginia. The pregnant sister is Virginia. So the letters we have been reading this whole time are from Virginia Hope, not Lenora. The, the way that I literally, I tabbed this, I shoved the book aside and I sat for like 10 minutes just trying to process what had happened. Yeah, because like I said, I try, like I was convinced that Virginia was alive, mm-hmm. either, you know, via ghost, my paranormal quick. I definitely thought, thought there, she was theory. a ghost. <laughs> and then, right. And then Mrs. Baker, but I did not. And like, I was like, oh, Lenora is definitely faking it. But I did not for a minute think that they were like switched. No. Like, I had, you know, like that it was Virginia that was pregnant, not, not Lenora. No. And I didn't realize until we went back and like have been discussing it, how frequently blue and green eyes were talked about. Like the foreshadowing on yeah, that. I didn't even. I like. Yeah. I picked up on it, but I thought it was just a descriptor of Lenora to make sure, like, mm-hmm. okay, the portrait matches. Like, this is the same person. Like, it, you know, but that, yeah, no, I shook to my core. Shook to my core about that one. So, right? We then come to Kit again. She walks in. She finds Mrs. Baker in the kitchen. Corkscrew in hand. She's popping open a bottle of Cabernet, because when is that woman not drinking? <laughs> and... She goes, well, is everything all right with Miss Hope? And Kit goes, yes, Lenora. Virginia is fine. She kind of goes still for a moment. And she's like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. So Kit's like, mm, maybe this will help. Takes out Mary's alleged suicide note and slides it on the table. Whoever's pretending to be Mrs. Baker kind of scans it, fills her glass with wine. Kit swipes the corkscrew off the counter because considering what they are about to talk about she does not want anything sharp dangerous within this woman's reach the real lenora hope is like am i supposed to know what this thing is and so kit goes on to explain that mary had it in her pocket the night that she died and detective vic thought it was a suicide note but no one types like that it it's always who we thought was Lenora, she revealed to Mary that in an apology that she was pretending to be someone else for so long. So Virginia, the real Virginia, the the alive Virginia, if she planned on revealing it, not super clear. She never lied to Kit. Like nothing that she typed was untrue. So when she asked who had been in her room that night, she provided an honest answer. She said, Virginia, it's her real name. She said, who used a typewriter in the middle of the night? Her sister. She's like, okay, okay, Lenora, but you already know all of this. Like, you knew it. You knew when you're the one who took Mary and just yeeted her off the terrace, off the edge of the cliff there. Just like the typewriter. Just like the typewriter, just takes it and 
chucks it over the edge. Lenora's now pissed. And Lenora, a.k.a. Mrs. Baker, a.k.a. Virginia. This is... Okay. Here's what... It took me a minute to kind of wrap my brain around. Like, okay, now we're switching names. We're switching people. So if it takes you a minute to, that is okay. But Lenora is now like, no, no, no. She killed herself. That had nothing to do with who I am. Kit's like, what? How long have you been pretending to be your sister? How long has this gone on? And apparently it's been almost all the way back to the murder. So a good like 54 years which is a lot of time and so she wants to know how she managed to pull it off lenora can only tell her what she experienced she walks through and says she was in her room and she was listening to her little record player it had been a terrible night she was trying to hide out in her room horrible things happened she said eventually she decided to go downstairs and see if everything was okay and it obviously was not okay. In her perspective, the real Lenora said that she had found her mother on the grand staircase, who had, was already deceased at that point. And she said that there was blood, I mean, truly everywhere, which we know because they kept the blood-stained carpets in the house, which, again, that's, that is a detail that I still can't get over. She starts screaming, running through the house frantically. She found her dad in the billiards room. She ran to the kitchen. She called the police, which is true. Lenora, she is Lenora, did call the police. And then she ran through the house. She was looking for her sister. She was looking for the real Virginia. She found Virginia hanging in the ballroom. And she was hanging from one of the chandeliers. You know, she was wondering, like, she could have tried to take her down, but she thought that she was just gone, like her parents had been. And so they looked at her basically like she was a crazy person. The first words that she said was, it wasn't me, which made them like super suspicious of her, of course. She just, she was terrified. Like her whole family was dead and she didn't know why. She just kept saying like, it wasn't, I didn't do this. Like I was not the one who did this. And this kind of brought Kit back to when she was sitting with Detective Vic claiming her own innocence with her mom. As she's being interrogated, one of the police officers called from the ballroom saying that Virginia was still alive. She wasn't taken to a hospital because she was definitely not, she was not expected to make it through the night. But he said Virginia was brain dead and that she would follow suit. So just let, let it happen. And she never did. She, like we saw who we thought was Lenora typing at the beginning, she said, my mind is alive and it never changed over the years. It was just her body. Basically, all of the things that she was told about the person that Kit was caring for, that she had strokes, that she had polio, it was all a lie because the hanging that had happened had damaged her body. It left her unable to speak, mostly paralyzed because of the damage due to her spinal cord, her larynx. Lenora said she was terrified. She was 17. Her parents were dead. Her sister was more or less a vegetable at that point, and she was in charge of everything. So it ended up being too much for her. The servants, everyone just kind of quit, obviously, and she fired the others because of everything else. And everyone dropped her, her friends, Peter. So the guy who did do the portrait, they were in love or she was in love for a while. And after the murders though, he was like, bye, <laughs> toodaloo. See you later. This is where Lenora kind of 
I don't know, levels with Kit and is like, I feel like you can understand this. Like, you have to know what it's like to be accused of this and to know that everyone hates you for something that you did not do. Kit's like, I do, but basically implies like, I was not from a wealthy family. Like, I didn't have the option to do anything but kind of suffer in silence for those six months. This is where Lenora's like, listen, my options weren't limited. She had Virginia declared dead, which is how the story came to be that Virginia died. It didn't take much. She just bribed the doctor with one of her dad's cars and said, here you go. And honestly, I can see that though. Like I could totally see how that would be a thing. Yeah. She threw in a, a bonus car for his wife. If he claimed that her health depended on getting some rest away from Hope's End and that was that Virginia was declared legally dead. She turned 18 and she inherited everything. The inheritance from both Virginia and herself that their grandparents had left and she headed out for Europe. And before she left, she had to make sure that she fulfilled a role. And that role was Mrs. Baker. She slid into that and Virginia then became Lenora Hope, the girl who had supposedly murdered her family. Yeah. So then we hear from Virginia as a typewritten letter where she confirms, right, that yes, her real name is Virginia Hope. And she just kind of details how that kind of came about on her perspective. She does say like, you know, don't worry, you'll get the full information about the murder soon, but she has to fast forward six months. Once Virginia was legally declared dead, the real Lenora started calling Virginia Lenora. And Virginia, you know, didn't talk, didn't walk, didn't speak. Like she just basically was playing dead, right? And so she was like confused though as to why her sister kept calling her Lenora. And sometimes she said like she would, like things would blur and she would forget. And so she became Lenora and that she just surrendered eventually and because she had no choice in the matter. She felt like her and her sister were in a perpetual game of pretending, right? So she was Lenora and Lenora was now Mrs. Baker. The real Lenora left for a few years, went to Paris, and Archie took care of Virginia in the meantime. And while Archie was taking care of her, he called her Virginia. But as soon as the real Lenora returned, Virginia was back to be being called Lenora. Virginia reveals, you know, that she thinks that her sister is just hanging around till she dies. And her sister thinks, like, you know, obviously Virginia will be the first one to go. But now it's Virginia's only goal in life to make sure that she outlives her sister. I love that petty energy, I'm not gonna lie. Right? Like, and that takes a lot of energy. I mean, she literally has to be still in her bed. Yeah. All day, every day. So yeah, this is, this is wild. And, you know, Lenora talks about her life away in Paris and kissing strangers and drinking and she tells kit that you must think you must think me a terrible person you must think that i'm a horrible person and so when kit went into her room and saw all those pictures that's what she was seeing she was seeing her in paris living her life and the one that the life that virginia had dreamed about and the one that lenora had stolen from her that day that she locked her in the room 
and basically kit's like yeah yeah you're you're terrible not wrong you won't catch me telling you that you're wrong <laughs> she's basically like how in what world did you think this was okay like in what world did you rationalize this behavior and she's like bitch what you want me to do i was 17 i didn't know what i was doing my whole family died and so you know she's like virginia couldn't talk she couldn't walk she couldn't do anything like you know i pushed my identity onto her and you know to make sure that at least one of us got to live the life that we wanted to which as i was reading this i was like that's so easy for you to say right like so easy for you to say so money started running out she moved back she pretended to be miss baker the the tutor returning she admits to like the night of the murders bernice mayhew saw her grabbing a kitchen knife and she did not use it to kill her parents she said these are the damning things that she had to do like paying her off all these years paying her six hundred thousand dollars over the last 54 years lenora was basically like listen i know you think i'm a horrible person and what i did does seem that way i didn't kill my parents unless and if my sister genuinely wanted a life like i had she would not have tried to take her own and kit's like I, what are you what are you talking about and she's like girly how do you think she ended up on the chandelier kit's like whoa hold on she hanged herself she was the one who put herself up in the on the shand on the chandelier she did that and apparently there was a chair that had been placed under the chandelier she must have stood on it she's like wait but wasn't she pregnant like why would she do it lenora goes nope she wasn't then they're confused because they're like you know why why didn't the police suspect that she had taken her own life then like why didn't that happen lenora stares and just says well the chair wasn't there when they were investigating kit's like okay no elaboration necessary so rather than trying to assist her sister seeing if she's still alive lenora decided to just scoot the chair away just move it over so the police wouldn't know that Virginia had tried to kill herself. Kit is horrified. She's like reeling over this information. And Lenora's like, I did everything to protect my sister. And she's like, my brother in Christ, you did nothing to protect your sister. And she's like, but if I hadn't done it, then they would have found out what actually happened. And then they would have figured out why Virginia tried to commit suicide. And she's like, I don't, I'm so confused. She's like, you, you think Virginia is the one who actually murdered your, your, your family, your parents. And she's like, no, no, no. I don't think like, I know that she murdered them. She said, I'm not surprised that she snapped considering what we had done to her. Kit, Kit asks, who's we? And Lenora goes, me, my father, and the real Miss Baker. After what we did, the only surprise is that she didn't kill us all. Yep. 
And then, so now we get another typewriter letter from Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how she gave birth on the floor of her bedroom, which ties back to Detective Vic telling us that Virginia's bedroom was freshly cleaned. So that's why a police report didn't know that, you know, there was a baby born or that there was like blood all over the floor or anything. And so Virginia says like, you know, the baby was coming so quick and there was just like no time that she couldn't even get to the bed and that she'll just never forget like just the sweaty agony of it. She only had her sister and Miss Baker there who rushed in to help after hearing her cries. Neither of them knew what they were doing, so they were just all kind of hoping for the best. She saw that her child was a boy when her sister returned it back from the kitchen with the butcher knife. She used to cut the umbilical cord and that he was just so tiny, so fragile. Virginia thought, you know, now her life has a purpose and that it was the happiest moment of her life right there. And so Virginia notices somebody else in the room. So it notices her father. He'd spent the labor, I guess, pacing Miss Baker's room, not really emerging till he heard the baby crying. So as soon as, like, Lenora was ready to put the baby in Virginia's arms, and her father stopped him and said, stopped her and said, nope, Lenora, take the baby into the other room. And, like, Lenora didn't know what to do. You know, she froze. Do I obey my father? Do I help my sister? Kind of that torn, that torn feeling. And so Virginia reached out, you know, barely touched her baby for a second. And so her father just sternly again, Lenora, take the child. You could tell by their back and forth, like, he was not not keeping this baby in this family. Her father just says, like, she never had a child, and that baby is not a hope. None of this happened. Now you either take that bastard into the other room or take it all or take it from you and throw it off the terrace. You know, Virginia starts crying out like, no, Lenora, don't do it. Please give him to me. Virginia was just too weak. She couldn't go after her, her sister or the baby. Like, she just continued to scream, but there was nothing, nothing that she could do. Baker, you know, grabbed her, the father and just was like, you can't do this. It's barbaric and he refuses to have another bastard in this family and miss baker like shoots back at him like says the man who likely fathered several (laughs) he says don't walk handle yep you know her father's just very adamant like nope you've done enough wrong to last a lifetime virginia was just so exhausted between like you know heartbreak and just death that like seemed like a better option for her you know than this grief that she felt she went to bed and she um and miss baker mopped up the mess on the floor and all was quiet the only one still crying was her. Miss Baker says, listen, Joe Marie, Virginia, I'll think of something to make him change his mind. And grief was overtaking her. And the last thing that she heard Miss Baker say was, I swear to you, he won't take that child from you forever. And she said she was lying. I never saw her or my child again. This takes us back to Kit and and Lenora, the real Lenora. And Kit's like, I sure did not think this could get any worse. And yet here we are. It is definitely worse because Lenora just kept talking. It was like once the floodgates opened, they would never close again. You know, Kit's like, why did you not stop your dad? Like, I'm so confused. Why would you not? prevent him from doing this to your sister she basically said like you didn't know you didn't know winston you didn't know my father you didn't know what he was capable of we were only sisters by name we were never actually close she describes themselves as a summer and a winter and kit takes that comparison to heart and she's like yeah 
because the real Virginia, the one that I've been caring for, is the summer. She has that warmth. She has just that beautiful July afternoon feel, whereas the cold, calculated, frigid person is the actual Lenora Hope sitting right in front of me. The father never came back. So Miss Baker took the child and she left and she went to Canada. That was the end of that. Kids, like, why were you punishing her? And Lenora's like, bro, she deserved this punishment. Like, what she needed to pay the price of this, but I'm protecting her while giving her this punishment. And so, you know, Lenora's really doubling down on everything that she had done and said to her sister through this whole process because she stands by the fact that what she did was right and what she did made sense for them at the time. Kit's like, what about Ricardo Mayhew? What about these other people that were involved? How are you so confident beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was your sister? She's like, what do you mean? What about Ricardo Mayhew? And Kit's like, they were having an affair. Like he was the baby's father. Bernice is the one who followed him in here that night. And Lenora just cackles. She just starts laughing. And I'm like, I'm confused, right? Like, I'm really confused. Lenora's like, that, bro, <laughs> I can tell you right now that that didn't happen. And Kit's like, what do you mean? Like, of course that happened. Of course that did. And then we come to our second, I would call this the second major plot twist. We hear footsteps on the service stairs. And who's who's coming into the kitchen? Who's joining them? It's Archie. Archie, Archie comes Archibald. in. And he says, it wasn't Ricardo. Ricardo was with me that night. Yeah, so um, Archie and Ricardo. So it turns out, yeah, it turns out Bernice was wrong about who was having the affair with Ricardo. Yeah, um, like Ricardo was definitely having an affair. Yes, so she it was, was right about that, Lenora. but just not, not who, no. So Archie says that Ricardo and him were in love that they would sneak away to what they would call the lover's nest up in the top of the garage. So that's where Bernice saw Ricardo sneaking into the garage to meet Archie. So Lenora was telling the truth that she had no idea who Ricardo was. <laughs> you know, yep. not until Archie, basically. Archie said Ricardo wanted nothing to do with Bernice's attempt to try to blackmail Austin in for $50,000, right? And so Ricardo asked Archie to run away with him. And he wanted to like leave immediately, you know, maybe to California, maybe anywhere, you know, where people are more tolerant of different lifestyles, just hoping that, you know, Ricardo and Archie could be happy together there. Archie being the great best friend that he is, couldn't leave Virginia, especially when she was pregnant and not when she needed him the most. Ricardo also said that Bernice spotted, you know, Virginia the night before knew of her condition. And so now Archie was like, yep, Virginia needs me more than anything. So Archie ended up staying, obviously, right? And Ricardo left, and nobody ever heard from him again. So it just kind of breaks my heart for Archie. Like, he was just being a good friend, and, you know, this boy that he loved just broke his heart for sure. And nobody is getting a happy ending at Hope's End, that's for sure. Not Archie, not Lenora, not Virginia. This place is, like, cursed. Yes, definitely cursed. But then it still leaves the question, right? Like, who is Ricky then? If the Ricky that Virginia was talking about is not Ricardo. And like, it makes sense to me because I always wondered, I was like, 
why is like Virginia or Lenora, you know, having an affair with Ricky who has a wife? Like, wouldn't she know about that? Like, and like talk about it? You know, I always thought that was weird. So kind of like made me like question who is this Ricky person? But so Archie tells Kit that like Ricky is one of the local boys hired for seasonal help and that Virginia never told him um, his last name or his first, just that she used just the nickname, which made it impossible to track him down after the murders. And by that point, Archie just suspected that he didn't want to be found. And so Kit was kind of like, had a strange mix of emotions. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. disappointed that like she thought she had to figure it out, that Ricardo was the Ricky that Virginia talked about, all of this. And so, you know, she was kind of disappointed in the fact that Ricky wasn't the person that she assumed he was, that in fact, he wasn't really anyone important, that he was just a boy who took advantage of a girl so desperately lonely, and that she gave her innocence away, and ultimately her freedom. Kids also, you know, angry at Virginia, right? For, not for being naive, like she was just a child when her and Ricky had their little affair, but you know, what she did to her parents, right? Like, because at this point, we're convinced that, yep, Virginia definitely revenge. You know, her baby was taken away from her. Like, I'm going to hurt the people that did this to me, you know? But still, she feels sorry for Virginia, and she's like, you know, maybe maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it's not Virginia, right? Archie's like, there's no one else that it could have been, Kit. Like, they're convinced it was her. Like, they understand, like, you know, and it probably was her and Lenora says like she's still you know trying to come to terms with it Archie says he both simultaneously hates her and loves her you know just says that it's possible to do that and Kit's still like I mean her mind is reeling like oh yeah I just can't like I mean we got information dumped like I can't imagine being Kit in this story and like living this life and getting the, all this information like yeah because dumped on me right away no because we had like at least some hints and like some backstory and she had none of this because oh. the typewriter was stolen from her and by stolen yeah. I mean it was chucked over the edge by right? Lenora aka Mrs. Baker and right so she doesn't have, she's not privy to the information we have. No. Nope. And so, you know, Kit's still questioning, like, why are you absolutely certain it was her? So Lenora says, mm-hmm. because I saw her. Like, later that night after Miss Baker departed with the baby, I heard Virginia leave her room. I went to see where she was growing, and I saw her descending the grand stairs. And Virginia was carrying a knife. And that brings us to another typed letter. In this letter, Virginia says that she doesn't know how it's even humanly possible, but she mustered the energy after giving birth and having her baby forcefully taken away to get out of bed. She got out of bed. She saw something that was on the nightstand, and that just so happened to be the knife that was used to cut the baby's umbilical cord after she had given birth. She picked it up. She she knew that she was seeking a weapon. She knew that if there was a singular person at Hope's End between everyone that was there in the bustling halls, if anyone needed protection, it was going to be her dad. It was going to be Winston Hope. So she leaves her room and she starts going down the grand stairs. And on her way down, there were 
two voices coming out of the billiards room. One was her father, and one was Ricky. Not Ricardo, Ricky. Virginia makes her way down very carefully, and she can kind of make out a little bit. It's maybe it's Ricky being like, listen, I can take care of her. I can help with this baby. We'll figure things out. But when she hit the bottom, Lenora caught her and was like, what are, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Virginia slowly moved toward the billiard room. She could hear her father's voice getting louder and louder. She saw the portraits in the hallway as she was walking up and she thought it was really ironic. And I also thought this too. So when I think of like a, a family portrait, my mind immediately goes to the Schitt's Creek portrait that was too large to stay in the motel and it's all of them together and they were designed to look like wealthy and successful and virginia goes like the four disconnected portraits of what was supposed to be our family are the best like the best depiction of what our family was four very disconnected very distant people that were basically not connected in any way she decided that as she's looking at these portraits seeing the disconnected family hearing her father yell her baby just got taken away that she was going to leave this place forever period and so she's going to take her baby with her and she was going to go even if she had to kill to do it and so virginia grabbed that knife and she walked into the billiards room yes so then Kit heads upstairs to the woman that she thought was Lenora Hope, and Virginia is wide awake as if she knew that Kit would be coming. Kit always had the feeling that, you know, Lenora, aka Virginia, was more aware than she let on, especially since that first night when she typed out, I want to tell you everything. And, you know, Virginia didn't tell her everything, at least not right away, and she found out a lot of it without her, right? She learned everything right up until the moment that she was searching for for her father with a knife gripped in her hand. And so the real Lenora told Kit that she ran to like warn her mother because nobody even told their mother about what happened to Virginia and the baby had no idea of anything that happened. And the mother just looked at Lenora and said, don't worry, my dear, I'll handle this. And that was the last thing that she ever said to Lenora. And, you know, it parallels back to, you know, Kit recalling her own mother's final words to her about, you know, please Kit Kat, please, I'll only take one, I promise. Lenora told Kit before Kit went upstairs that she really doesn't think Virginia intended to kill their mother, but that she just got in the way and, like, was collateral damage. And that's why thinks that, like, you know, her sister felt so guilty, and that's why she tried to um, kill herself. Archie agrees, like, he's like, that's why, you know, I went along with it for so long, like, you know, Virginia's safe here. Like, outside, she's not safe. Like, nobody knows what she did outside of here. And so that's kind of why Lenora says she keeps her inside to just protect her, right? Like, Archie and Lenora ultimately think they're doing the best thing for her now is to protect her and keep her safe. But Kit's refusing to join them. You know, she's ready to say goodbye. She goes up and tells Virginia, I know who you are. I also know that you murdered your parents, but doesn't even give Virginia, like, the chance to respond, right? She just says, like, I understand why you felt the need to do it. Like, you you had your reasons, and I hope you regret it now. You've had plenty of time to think, and I just... And Kit, like, 
doesn't really know where she's going with things because the truth is like she actually really did like Virginia and she still likes her despite everything she found out which makes it really hard yeah she thinks about like Mary and Mary probably reacted the same way which prompted the apology from Virginia right like I'm sorry I'm not the person you thought I was which was found in Mary's pocket Kit's just kind of disappointed that Virginia didn't get to tell her herself you know that she had to find out through other people she just says goodbye doesn't even take her stuff just is like all right Carter will get it to me later like I'm just gonna call my dad and tell him that I'm coming home so she calls her dad and she just says like can I come home right now and he of course what's going on you sound scared and you know she just tells him like that Lenora and Virginia that they've been lying this whole time and that she can't be a part of it deep down she knows that she needs to confess and tell her dad that like everything that happened with her mom she goes back to that moment right that moment with her mom and how her mom was laying there in pain and just begged her to leave the pills there okay like struggling internally right like seeing her mom in pain there and not sure what to do and kit being like a hired caregiver right is also like you know i have a job to uphold and standards and you know what she's allowed to do and what she's not allowed to do but her mom begged her and you know she let the tug of war win and left the bottle with her mom and just you know made her promise that she would take one more pill you know she did not think that she would purposely overdose but by the time she woke up in the morning, her mother was already dead. And Kit, you know, blames herself. It's all because of her action of leaving that uh, fentanyl there. I will say the one thing about that that I found very interesting was that must have been like a subconscious decision to help her mom put herself out of her misery. Because why wouldn't she just leave one? Yeah, no, I thought about that too. I'm like, why would you just not leave one pill? Yeah. Why did you leave the whole bottle? Like, it. so that's why I don't think it was a, everything that we've learned about Kit through this book. Like, I don't think it was a malicious decision, but I feel like mm -hmm. subconsciously some part of her watching her mom suffer made her leave the whole bottle because she knew that was yeah. a possible outcome. She didn't mean mm -hmm. for it to happen. It was accidental. But that was something yeah. that I was thinking about was like, it, they really emphasize the, uh, I'll just take one more when I need it. I'll just take one more. Then why not leave just one mm -hmm. pill? Yeah. So after she snaps back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> why? Sorry, just is, a little M&M for you there. Why is my life in lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> so she is determined to get out of Hope's End immediately. So she drives out. The gate gets stuck. She pulls it open. She does her best to try to pull it open. As she is getting out of her car, she runs into Carter, who's like, where are you going? She's like, I'm leaving. Like, we were wrong. We were all wrong. As she opens the gate, like, she cuts her hand and just ties back to where, you know, Carter said this place can bite. And so she was like, well, at least Carter was right about that. Carter's like, what are we wrong about? And so Kit just starts like telling him everything, right? Like Lenora's not your grandmother. She's not even Lenora. She's Virginia, Lenora's sister. And just tells Carter to get in. And I'm like, girl, you don't know this man that well. Like you just found out all this shit. Yeah. And then you're good at telling Carter to get in your car. Like, I still don't trust Carter. Like, I don't know. I don't trust. I still do not I don't trust, trust a damn point. person in this whole book. Like, no. And so Kit's like, I have no idea what we're going to do, but she thinks she's like saving Carter, 
you know, like Archie wasn't able to get out of Hope's End, but she's determined to like get Carter out of there. And so Carter hops in the car and off they go. And man, <laughs> I just, you guys, if y'all thought this was twisted, just you wait, because we still got like 40 pages to go. So they're in the car. Kids explaining everything. And we already know everything, so not going to get into that. But basically, kids like, I just, I can't stop thinking about Mary. And Carter's like, well, do you think, do you think she was pushed? Like, you still think she was? And kids like, well, don't, don't you? Like, after everything we just learned, he's like, I don't really know anymore. Like, I'm not their grandson. I don't have, like, like, there's no reason for them to kill over that information. So what's going on? She knew all the secrets and basically like someone has to, had to have stopped her. Kid's like, okay, look at our suspect list. What does that bring down? That Carter says that leaves Archie or Lenora. That's the only thing that makes sense. Kid's a little confused because Archie and Lenora both like laid everything on the table. They, they gave her all the information, forced her hand, and she's like, I just don't feel like Mary was a threat. And Kit starts asking some questions like, Carter, when did you say the gate was open? And said the day Mary died. And she meant like, what day of the week was that? You know, it was a Monday. What time? Mid-morning. And Kit asks like, how long does it take for a blood screening to come back? Like, and Carter said, you know, maybe a day, two, just depending. They are driving along and Mary was supposed to get Monday night bring to the lab the next day and so that never happened but Kit's kind of having like her everything sort of clicking into place and she's like if she took a sample Sunday night and you said it takes about a day then they'd have the results Monday night and Carter was like well that that kind of makes sense but Kit then realizes that if Mary had left Sunday and was coming back from the lab on Monday with the results of the blood analysis that is different than her leaving with the blood sample from Hope's End. Kit is like that means she had the results not just the sample. She slams on the brakes and she's like wait a minute this was you this was you Carter like you pushed her off the terrace because she wasn't leaving with the suitcase she was coming back with the results and when you learned of the results that you were not their grandson that you were not related to them you killed her well kit freaks out carter is insistent that he didn't do it kit still has the corkscrew from lenora whips it out threatens carter's life with it and forces him to get out of the car because she now believes that he's the killer and i'm just sitting here like holy shit what's happening right she like doesn't actually hurt him but she comes real close to punching his neck with it she drives you know feet from her front door she ended up driving home and she comes out of the car carter's following behind her he's banging on the door when she gets inside she slams it shut and she's not really sure what to do she's she needs to call detective vic who at this point, I'm like, I, girl, I know he's the only detective in town, but, like, is there anyone else you can call? Right? Like, he's not on your side, Kit. He's not on your side. She's looking for peroxide, a band-aid, something for her hand, because it was 
bleeding pretty bad and she wanted to tell her dad about her mom's death and so walk through the house and it was empty but she goes down the hall and she leans into her dad's room she notices that there's a suitcase on the bed and it's smaller than his usual one and it has dark leather it has a broken handle she starts kind of feeling like she's almost gonna black out she walks in she shakes so much she can barely lift up the lid. and when she opens the suitcase she sees a test tube with blood inside a stack of pages and the first line on top is the thing i remember most the thing i still have nightmares about is when it was all but over immediate panic and she's sitting there trying to put the pieces together and she knows what her dad did to get the suitcase and now she knows why she's heartbroken she's shocked and it's because all of her life she had only heard of him referred to by the name of pat but his real name was patrick patrick mcdeer and it didn't really hit her or ever occur to her that the second half of his name could also be turned into a nickname which is ricky this is when i was like oh my god like i wasn't even thinking it wasn't even um, a thought in my brain at any point no. did i think that this was involved no because at first before we found out like you know if the baby was a boy or a girl i was like okay maybe like you know these girls are related like somehow and yeah like i wasn't even thinking like boy like her dad no. like no i would have thought if like kit was requested to be the caregiver you know but it felt like it was like uh yeah you know but it makes like it makes sense that he would have been so adamant that she doesn't go there yeah like why he showed up after not talking to her to be like come home mm -hmm. so yeah that's there's another another little twist for you yep all right, this next part. You guys right. ready to learn about the murders? We ready to like, rumble. Like, I feel like this is the part that I was like, finally. Like, like, we're here. We will find out who did it, how it was done. Like, it just was nothing what I expected. No. But I was so happy to finally have the answers. Yep. All right. So where we left off, the last typewriter note was Virginia approaching the billiards room with a knife. Sounds like a game of Clue. Virginia in the billiards room with a knife. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> she enters the billiards room and Ricky is in one of the chairs and her father is standing beside him. You know, of course, she, number one question, right? Like, where's my baby? And her father just simply, you know, it's gone, Virginia. You know, not even turning around to look at her, right? He's just done over it. Virginia is determined to get him back, like, I want my baby back. He says, you know, Miss Baker took him and she won't be returning and that she's gone for good. And she agreed to lead hopes in with the baby, find it a good home and never speak of the incident again. Just a sharp pain goes through Virginia. Like this isn't happening, like pain of betrayal. You know, she just feels so stupid and foolish that 
you know, she trusted Miss Baker when it didn't even, didn't even matter. Now, Virginia knows, right? That there's always a price. She asked her father, like, how much? Her father says, well, not as much as Patrick here, right? I got the name right, didn't I, Patrick McDear? And so we confirmed, right, that Ricky is Patrick. Her father, Kit's father, her father reveals that for $50,000, Patrick will leave and never return and never speak of the child. You know, Ricky answers, yes, sir, and just refusing to look at Virginia. And Virginia's just like, what? Like, this isn't happening. Like, you know, Ricky was the one that said he was, like, too proud to take her father's money, and now he's being, like, paid off. So she believes, you know, that her father is making him do it. So her father turns around and is very adamant that, you know, Ricky agreed to this on his own and that he doesn't want that. He doesn't want the baby. Like, he wants the money and is going to go. And Ricky just mumbles out, like, it's true. Like, I'm sorry. Virginia's just shocked, right? Like, she tries to rush at both of them, just not caring which one she hurt first. Like, remember, she's holding the knife and her mother just kind of gently grabs her, tells her don't. And they're not just worth destroying your young life over. And so her mother takes the knife from her hand, you know, being a little vengeful, I feel like. And it's like, wow, $50,000, your price has gone up. If I recall, you only offered $25,000 to make the man I loved go away. And so, you know, Winston claps back and says, well, that didn't stop him from taking it. And Winston knows how to get under her skin and something caused... The, their mother to break her body went still and her eyes went dark she just sprung towards the father with a knife in the hand and not stopping till the blade was deep inside him so evangeline actually killed winston so evangeline tells ricky like take my daughter out now you know she does not need to see this or anything and so ricky jumped up took her out of the room and she's like this is this has to be a terrible dream this is not real this is this can't be happening she said the waking nightmare continued there's just the sound of her father dying in the other room her mom came out with a blood-stained knife and there's blood all over her nightgown virginia pulls herself out of ricky's grasp and follows her mom up the stairs something something was wrong she noticed that the blood covering her mom was not just her dad's but also her own her mom's and there was a tear in the nightgown that revealed that her mom had used the knife on herself and so she started freaking out ricky was like jenny do not come any closer do not come near ricky went up to evangeline and she begged him, begged him to put her out of her misery. And Ricky said, no, 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 you don't, you don't mean that. Like, absolutely not. And Evangeline was just like, don't tell me what I mean. You don't know me. You don't know the suffering I've been put through. You would never understand what I have dealt with. And I think she purposely pokes at him here by calling him like a worthless cad who will amount to nothing to try and elicit and evoke a response that would end in a violent rage and so he was like don't talk about me like that and she pokes him again and is like isn't it true like you will you are nothing you come from nothing you'll live with nothing and you'll die with nothing he 
starts to have this this rage kind of come over him and evangeline tells him to to prove it and to be a man ricky takes the knife and plunges it into evangeline it wasn't virginia it wasn't lenora it was evangeline and ricky virginia is freaking out obviously she literally just watched her father and mother die and she runs down to her mom's side and Ricky's freaking out too like I didn't mean to do this but it was very obvious that Evangeline had set out to provoke Ricky enough to be able to do this I also thought that that was pretty conniving and manipulative for her to do in that moment when she very well could have just done it herself and I know stabbing yourself probably isn't I don't want to get gruesome here, but I feel like that's probably not the best method. So I understand why she enlisted the help of someone else. But like, that was brutal that she put that on him. And yes, now I know he's the one who made the decision to. It's very clear that she provoked him enough to be able to. do that. Yeah, I think it just shows too, like, you know, manipulative was used to describe both Virginia and Lenora throughout this book. Uh-huh. And you know, while their father wasn't both their fathers, like Evangeline was both their mothers. Yep. You know, I think it just shows a little bit about her manipulation and probably where the girls get it from. Absolutely. As well. Yeah, like Winston was had his own demons and was his own piece of shit in his own regard. But yeah, this was wild to me. Ricky ran out the front door. When Ricky left, so did Evangeline. She took her last breath. And this is where Virginia took the murder weapon went up threw it over into the ocean she was basically like something that was capable of taking away so much from me deserves no place in this world she wanted it to be over she wanted to end her own life but she didn't know how she lost her child her mother the love of her life basically and she couldn't stand After watching all of that, both of her parents, the child, her love, go. She could not stand to be in despair anymore. So she went to the garage and found the rope where that was stored. And she carried it back inside. She went into the ballroom. She heard Lenora in the other room calling 911 while this was happening. Virginia stops and is like, I never, she never considered how this would impact Lenora. And in that moment, she never stopped to think if she would mourn them or or her or Archie or if anyone would actually miss her. So she stood on a chair and tossed the rope until it was looped several times. And she made sure it wouldn't unravel. She closed her eyes and thought it was going to be her last breath when she stepped off the chair. I just want to make a side note here. Because suicide's a very sensitive subject. This book is really good. There's a lot of twists and turns. But if it was a little bit triggering for you and you do have any mental health issues, know that help is out there. Um, 988 is like the new suicide hotline. So just get the help. Don't be afraid of using that as well. But I know it can be a very sensitive subject. And while it's fun to talk about in this sense, just always a little little side note for 100%. Our friends out there. Yep. Yeah, this is where Virginia tells Mary, you know, is this 
is this what you expected? Because now that you have all of the information, you take it, you do what you want. And she said that her hope was that Mary would take the information and share it and that somehow the news would reach her son and that they may have a moment of being briefly reunited. That's all she wanted. We flash back to Kit, right? She has just found the suitcase on her dad's bed. Is like reeling with all this new information, like finds all these pages, right? All of these things that Virginia wasn't able to tell her um, and everything. And tears just fill her eyes as she drives back to Hope's End, just really hoping that she can make it back in time. And she kind of has that same thought, like maybe she'll just veer off the road and, you know, then she'd avoid having to confront her father with all this information. But then she's like, nope, that would make me just like Virginia, just killing myself over something my father has done. And Virginia survived, so she was determined to survive as well. You know, Kit has no plan. Like, I mean, her world has just been turned upside down. She found out that, you know, her father was Ricky, who had an affair with Virginia, who they had this son that we have no idea where the son ended up, right? And that Ricky just killed, well, just killed, but Ricky killed Virginia's mom years ago. Like, Kit's mind is, I can't even talk, right? Kit's mind is like going a mile a minute and then trying to figure all this out, right? You know, then Kit thinks like, crap, right? Like when I called my dad, I revealed that Virginia is alive. Like I said, Lenora and Virginia have been lying all these years. Races back to Hope's End after the initial shock that like, you know, her dad killed Mary. She was fearful now that, you know, now that she's revealed to her father that Virginia is still alive, that Virginia is going to be her father's next victim. She runs into Archie. Archie's like, someone's here. You know, she asks, like, do you know where he is now? And Archie's like, who is he? Like, who is this guy? And Kit's like, it's Ricky, who's also my father. And, you know, before Archie can react, like, Kit's like, here, take my car, go. Like, get out of here. Go to the police, ask for Detective Vic, he'll know what to do. Kit's like, I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Get yourself out of here. Now realizing that, like, Virginia's past, her present, like, everything is about to collide right now. Like all these worlds are just coming together and like all these threads are connecting, right? She says that like the house is just too quiet. Like she doesn't hear footsteps and she hopes that she's just not too late. So she can't go up the grand stairs now that she knows like what actually happened. So she goes up the servants quarters, creeps down the hallway. You know, remember this house is alive too. So it's tilting, like she's leaning into the tilt notices that the door to Virginia's room is shut but she rushes right in and tells Virginia like my father's on his way and Virginia knows right that her father's Ricky and Kit just shows her like I'm gonna get you out of here so she sets the corkscrew down you know her little protective weapon here with the corkscrew like how is she gonna protect Virginia and they hear it footsteps coming up the stairs (laughs) this just makes me laugh though because I'm just like why didn't you like try to hide her in a better spot like she just drops Virginia on the floor you know in a little area that could possibly hide her from her father but obviously doesn't her father enters and greets Virginia and just says hey Jenny it's been a long time let's get you off the floor you know he starts going into his little monologue right Um, all those years I thought you were dead hung with a rope isn't that how it goes now unlike everyone else I knew Lenora didn't do it I knew you'd done it to yourself. Either way, you were dead all the same. That's why I never left town. I never felt the need to hide. 
I certainly didn't think I had to worry about you telling anyone what really happened. So I stayed, started my own business, met a wonderful woman, and had a daughter. I just feel like he's like rubbing it in her face. Like, yeah, you know, I, you know, there was no, you weren't going to tell anybody I killed your mom. So here I am just starting my own life. You know, yep. he just goes on, right, saying how he did feel bad for what it's worth that he did actually love her or he thought he did. But he says he was so young and scared. I'm like, blah, 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 whatever, Ricky. Like, I don't believe you for one word. Like, one word of for what you're sure. saying. It's not like you were like, oops, sorry, I poked you. Yeah, and I... Right? I would understand if he was like, I felt pressured by her. Yeah. But for him to be like, I didn't, I didn't mean to. Like, I think there's a level of accountability he could take while also acknowledging that he was manipulated in that moment. Yes. And, you know, he says, like, but something just snapped. I couldn't control it. And I'm like, okay, but still, you know, not that you didn't mean to hurt her. You know, he says that he just learned to live with the regret and, like, what he did. Mm. And then the nurse, a.k.a. Mary, came to the house to do a blood test. And that's when, like, Kit realized, like, that was the supposed girlfriend yeah, I thought dad was hiding. Mm-hmm. And that's where Mary had went that Sunday night, not to the lab. She went to the McDeer's house to see to see if Patrick would do a blood test. He describes that like Mary knew that's when Patrick, aka Ricky, was like, Oh wait, is Virginia alive? Like his mind started thinking. Mm-hmm. And because the only person that she could have gotten all the information from was Virginia, right? Because yep. really Virginia was the only one that could have been still alive that would have known that Ricky killed. Exactly. Kit walks in, right? And is like, but I know all of it. <laughs> like a good dramatic entrance, Kit. Yep. Like her father like goes to like almost like choke Virginia. Yeah. He's like, don't come any closer. Like I will hurt her. They just go back and forth and she asks, you know, her dad why he killed Mary. And he just says, you know, she knew enough. Like, Patrick didn't want to do the blood test with his daughter around, he said. So he was going to go to Hope's End the next night to do it. That's when he saw her hurrying across the terrace with a suitcase. And Ricky, Patrick, said he just needed to do what he had to do. But now he doesn't know really what he's going to do. Because he doesn't know and he can't risk Virginia telling anyone else what happened. And, you know, he just says, like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And Kit is trying to get her dad to stop, like, just, you know, just trying not to let this happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, now she found out that her dad, you know, and Virginia had a thing. And now, like, you know, as we know before, right, she liked Virginia and always had, like, a soft spot for her. Yep. Luckily, she's fighting back. So what does Virginia have in her left hand? That lovely corkscrew. And so with as much strength as Virginia can muster, she uses a corkscrew to break away from Kit's father, stops him from hurting Virginia right now. So Kit kind of like, he breaks down saying like, you know, if he'd been a better father, she wouldn't have come here to Kit and you wouldn't have met Jenny and you wouldn't have known all about this. And so Kit just pushes back and says like, you're the one that pushed me away. Like I needed you when mom died. I needed you she kind of stops herself because she's like I don't know if this is like even the right time to say this but she's ready to say it right but she says that you were right to doubt me that you know she left those pills out 
And even though mom swears she sold one, I knew there was a possibility that she took them all. Like, like you said, right? Subconsciously, she knew that was a possibility and she just wanted to help her mom in any way possible. And her father just kind of pushes back and said, no, you shouldn't blame yourself. And that it's his fault. It goes back to her like thinking about when her dad was reading the paper and was like, what they're saying is not true. Kit realizes that he didn't say that because he wanted it to be the truth, but because it was true. That he was the one who actually gave her mom the pills. Evil Ricky. I think I let out an audible screech at this point. Because I was like, what else? What else can happen? Right? And I will say, heading into this next part, I... You told me this, like, when we started this, like, podcasting journey, is sometimes you just have to let books be books. <laughs> and, yep, I just let go of all, like, realistic expectations and enjoyed the book for what it was. And I just enjoyed, I ate every second of this book up. Like, I, ha I have to say that because what's next is bananas. But, like, I just, yeah, when I stopped being like, oh, it's unrealistic, no, I don't do that anymore. I just enjoy my little fantasy world. It makes it so much more fun, right? It does. And I just I just enjoy things a little bit better now. So thank you for that. Um, so Good, I'm glad. We move in to this like I feel like Kit has she's been through it, this poor girl. Um, she's experienced a lot, and this is what, like like seven days, maybe thirteen days. I don't know, something like some crazy like yeah. that. And so she's not really sure like what actually hurts more that her mom didn't say goodbye after they decided to end things or that he let her believe that she was the one who killed her mom and you know he said he was wrong and all of this but they're standing there and all of a sudden a like a loud sound comes in and standing in the room is Lenora Hope with a loaded shotgun. Ricky's standing there, hands up, and he's like, hey, Lenora, what's what's up, girl? What's up? And she's like, who are you? And why are you here? And when he says, I'm Patrick, the recognition kind of flashes on her face, and she puts the, the two and two together of what had happened that night after hearing everything. And, you know, Ricky says, yes, it was mostly me. And she goes, give me one reason to not shoot you dead right now. He just leans into the fact, like, because my, my daughter is here and she shouldn't have to see that. Ricky takes this opportunity after Lenora had lowered the shotgun and let her guard down to go attack her in the hallway. A gunshot is fired. They're barreling, like, they're rolling down the stairs. There's a blast of noise. A chunk of the wall comes off behind Ricky as the gunshot goes off her dad stops Lenora doesn't she goes all the way down to the the end of the grand staircase is how I pictured this right like she's at the bottom and he's at the top mm -hmm. suddenly the entire staircase is trembling the earth is kind of giving out below their feet they don't have much time because this is probably it this is probably the moment when all of Hope's End comes tumbling down. She yells to Lenora that she's going to go get Virginia. 
her dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you gotta go. And she's like, oh no, like I'm saving, I am saving Virginia. He's arguing with her, like there's not enough time. And she's like, there is if you help me and you not only owe me, but you owe her. So let's fucking go, let's go. They run inside, they grab Virginia by her legs and by her shoulders. And on the landing, he puts Virginia onto his shoulders and she stops to help Lenora and Lenora says that she's not leaving. And at first it sounds crazy, but she said that she cannot leave this place and she will not leave this place. The kid's like, you're gonna die. And it's, it's wasted breath because Lenora already knows. She just said, you know, I have my time. Now it's Virginia's. Take good care of her. Patrick is carrying Virginia. He carries her until they reach a place where the ground is not shaking. Ricky kind of pushes her away when Kit tries to help him and said, you know, you're a good girl. You always have been. And I should have told you that more. I regret that now and I regret a lot of things. But you, you've always been my pride and joy. And then Patrick turns back to the house and enters in without hesitation. Kit tries to go after him, but Virginia, with what little strength that she does have, she holds onto her wrist and she's still in Kit's care. And so all she can do is scream as everything comes tumbling down. Chunks of ceiling start falling, the stained glass window shatters, and the house shutters off the side. And she said that the last that she sees that Ricky and Lenora are holding hands as the front doors slam shut and hopes and collapses off the cliff and into the ocean. <laughs> I'm still lost for words. Like I like like I knew that the house was gonna like tumble, but yeah. like just all this reveal, right? Like that her dad was Ricky, that Lenora was really Virginia. Yeah. Lenora was actually Miss Baker, Mrs. Baker. Yes. And and then like Ricardo, who we spent half the book talking about, was <laughs> actually Archie's lover. Yeah. And so like Bernice is just Bernice got like the good end of the stick. Like I know that like her husband cheated on her, but like she was just making money off of like a false narrative. She's just chilling. She's like, tell Lenora to rot in hell. And Lenora's like, what? <laughs> right? And Lenora, like, she saw Lenora blood in a bloody gown because her sister just had a baby and she had to have the knife to cut the umbilical cord. Yes. Like, <laughs> like Bernice what? is like, it, right? Just like the source of like gossip, right? Is just mm -hmm. like, you know, you hear a little bit of this, like, you see one thing, but you just create this whole narrative. Like, that's yes. Bernice right now. It's yep. like, <laughs> And I feel like that's just, like, the whole premise of the book is, like, you get this mm -hmm. much, and all of a sudden, you know this much. Even though yep. a snippet of what you have might not even be true. Your perception of what happened might not even be real. Um, mm -hmm. And somehow, some way, the twists don't stop coming. And the last chapter, from Kit's perspective... We find out that, you know, Kit continued to care for Virginia. Um, they moved into Kit's family's house. Virginia now resides in um, Kit's old bedroom. Just that Virginia's enjoying music. You know, they went to go see Return of the Jedi, even though they didn't know what was going on. That where the original, you know, massacre was overshadowed by the stock market crash, 
like the house falling off a cliff and all of the revelation here became a big deal. The first few days was a little bit definitely grieving, right? Like Virginia had officially lost her sister and, you know, Kit lost her dad and found out all these things too about her family's past, right? Her dad's past and definitely hard for them at first. And, you know, not, but now two months have passed and things have become a little bit easier. You know, Archie's been around and very supportive. Jessie's disappeared, right? The maid, but she didn't bother to reach out or anything, even after like the major headlines. Carter too is kind of not willing to forgive um, Kit for, you know, basically accusing him of, of murder and just leaving him on the side of the road, which don't blame him. Kid's still struggling with like forgiving her father as well, cause she just can't help but hate him for, you know, what he did and but she still loves him. And so now she understands, you know, when Archie said you can simultaneously hate and love somebody at the same time. So Kit is like, all right, well, I hear Virginia listening to one of her favorite songs. Um, so she's going to take a shower. Just make sure Virginia doesn't eat anything. Virginia just taps a single tap of no. She just has the thoughts like maybe she does have a half brother out there somewhere. And just that there's really no way of knowing like if he had, if he's alive or if he has a family out there. That Archie and her have started to put feelers out to try to see what happened to the real Miss Baker. But um, nothing's come up that they would, they're just falling short. They haven't told Virginia that they started looking because they just don't want to get her hopes up. You know, thankful that she has somebody that... She's not, you know, technically related to Virginia, but really she's the only family that she has left. After she gets out of the shower, she goes to Virginia's room and asks her what flavor oatmeal would she like? And she freezes in the doorway. Music's playing, the wheelchair's there, but Virginia's not. And so Kit scans the room stupidly if she's just like merely misplaced something. And on the by the front door, there's a piece of paper and Kit picks it up and begins to read. At 69, Virginia Hope wrote her nurse a little note. Thank you, dear, for saving me. Now it's time to let you be. I take my leave walking tall, knowing that I fooled them all. So Virginia could walk. We were right. Ugh. And I just, like, and it could have ended there, but it doesn't. And we get a little bit more. And I, I do kind of like that we get more because we get one more letter from Virginia and it starts off by saying my dearest kid and it kind of details what she's been up to and she said I hope you're not surprised to get this letter but you know you saw me you always suspected that I was capable of more and you know I was afraid of how you would react if and when you learned the truth but the truth is that I can walk and talk and use her body. And she goes into detail about how the reason that she was able to stay that way was because for the longest time she did wish that her suicide attempt had been successful. And she pretended that she truly died in her bed so she could almost have that feeling that she was actually dead. Archie was just, you know, you'll get better one day, and I'm so sure of it. it. It started to make her wonder, like, was he actually on to something? And so she began day after day, time after time when she was alone, trying to give her fingers a little wiggle, trying to move things in her body. And many years later, 
she would get up and walk around her room in secret. And so some of those noises that she heard were definitely Virginia walking around that room. Mm -hmm. She didn't want her sister to find out because she wanted to punish her in the most brutal way possible. And that was the truth of the matter. She said at first she like contemplated potentially killing Lenora. And I was like, oh, damn. Well, you know. And she goes, no, 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 death is too kind. Like, death is too quick. We're going to draw this out. And so Virginia played the petty long game here, if there was ever a petty long game to be played. And, you know, she felt like she had finally won after all those times of being locked in a room and begging to get out. She had finally won against her sister. And so it wasn't just about that. It was... You know, the idea that she might be able to be reunited with her son. And that kind of kept the hope going. So she chose to appear hopeless. And, you know, she was capable of so much more. But she said that no one had noticed up until Kit kind of had this idea that she was capable of more. She was given a the Walkman while Mary was there and Jesse was reading books out loud and in those books halfway through Jesse's narration ended and talking would begin and she said I know that you're Lenora's sister Virginia I know more than anyone else I don't think you killed your parents they kind of had it coming, at least your father did. I haven't told Mary, but I think she kind of knows. And by the way, I'm your granddaughter. And okay, I will say, I didn't know how, but I had a feeling that there was more to those tapes. I just had this weird feeling that something else was on them. I didn't know what, but I felt like Jessie knew more than she was letting on. See, and I don't know if this was my just naivety that I like to just take a book at face value right mm -hmm. i didn't think anything of jesse <laughs> oh really yeah. like she didn't really even cross my mind and i feel like that was like on my part but like i thought like mary could have been her granddaughter then kit and then when kit found out that like you know yeah. her dad was ricky um but like i was thinking like timeline i'm like no like kit's too old to be like her granddaughter but mm -hmm. i don't know maybe yeah um and no i didn't even think jesse so i was like pleasantly surprised because i was like you know in the last chapter when it's like you know jesse didn't even reach out to us i was like well who cares yeah she was just a, a person but a maid yeah it, it was when i found this out i was like oh cool yeah it wasn't like a thought that I had consistently, but I definitely had it when reading because then when I got to this part, I was like, oh, I was right. Like there was something to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, Jesse was one of the pers one of the people sneaking into the room at night so they could kind of whisper in ways that they planned to escape. So that was another person that Kit definitely had heard. The day that Virginia had left Kit's house was the day that Jesse came up to the window, let her inside, and she said, we need to leave immediately. So... They hurried, they left. She had a forged passport and she said, well, where do you want to go, Grandma? Looked through the windshields and she basically just said everywhere. So Virginia got to live out her life. She's 
in Paris right now where she wrote this letter in an apartment. And so she said, you know, just don't be angry with me. You deserve to live a life that's yours and you deserve time with your niece and you deserve time with all of these things. And I wanted some time alone with my grandfather, but she said to end that she included two one-way plane tickets to Paris, one for one for Kit and one for Archie. And she said, I'm certain you'll share this letter with him. So your flight departs on the 1st of February. And it is my hope that you'll both be on it until we and meet again, Virginia. Our last little page is a little newspaper article titled Virginia Hope, dead at age 101. So she definitely outlived Lenora, obviously, right? Yep. It just says that, you know, I like the part in it where... Um, there's a quote from Virginia saying, did I enact the greatest hoax of a century? I don't think so, but I still like to believe it's in the top 10. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Right. And so it just talks about how she be she went on to become this beloved fixture on the talk show circuit. Um, and just that she was making up for lost time, she said about, you know, telling her story and just becoming a late in life celebrity that. She just spent her life traveling, visiting all seven continents, even including Antarctica. And um, that Kit became her traveling companion. And Jesse went on to get married and have a daughter named Mary Hope. And just, you know, for a thriller, I feel like they had a really happy ending. And I was very, like, pleased with it. Same, because so there was like, okay. a lot of tragedy in the middle. Yes. Yeah. A lot of tragedy and trauma. And I was like, how is this going to be wrapped up nicely with a bow? And yep. it was. So, yeah, that is it was. The Only One Left by Riley Sager. Yep. Um, yep. Safe to say that we loved it. We've talked for quite literally seven hours about it. <laughs> All right. We ready to talk about our songs? Let's talk about our I'm songs. I'm excited to hear your dear reader. Yeah. So I know it was weird, but hear me out. So. I chose Dear Reader by Taylor Swift, if you forgot, because that was several hours ago. And so the reason that I picked Dear Reader is because it is an open letter to the person who is reading and or listening. And it felt like a little bit of everyone kind of mixed in. And so the first verse is, Dear Reader, if it feels like a trap, you're already in one. Dear Reader, get out your map, pick somewhere, and just run. And I feel like there's this overarching idea of people being stuck in whether it's confined prisons to their bodies, to their situations. And I think that any of the characters that have been developed to the end would say the same thing. I feel like Virginia... This could have been like an advice column from her at the end where she's like, pack it up, burn everything, get rid of it, run away. And, you know, the chorus is never take advice from someone who's falling apart, which is less important to me. Um, but the most important thing was the dear reader, you don't have to answer just because they asked you. Dear reader, the greatest of luxuries is your secrets. And dear reader, when you aim at the devil, make sure you don't miss. Like, those best kept secrets, Virginia held on to that secret for 54 years. So long. And 
there are so many layers and so much nuance to this. The bridge to me is very much Lenora because for her, it's, you know, Lenora was pretending to be Mrs. Baker and it says in the bridge, so I wander through these nights. I prefer hiding in plain sight. My fourth drink in my hand, these desperate prayers of a cursed man spilling out to you for free. But darling, darling, please, you wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking. And perfect. I know, right? See, it sounded a yeah. little off the wall, but I just feel like it encompassed so much of like, you never know who you're talking to. You never know what's real, what's not. Don't take advice from someone who's falling apart. You should find another guiding light. Basically, the whole, in my opinion, the theme of the story was you can't trust your perception and your perception is not always reality. And holding on to those secrets, not trusting the narrators of, of these stories, not necessarily even sometimes trusting your own instances and beliefs of things that happen. Um, so that's why I ended up choosing Dear Reader. I felt like it was just a little bit of an oddball choice, but I really liked it. And so my like quintessential line, I kind of went through the whole song because it's a shorter, a shorter song. But the for me, the quintessential line was the you wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking. I feel like that is the book as a whole. Like if you knew where I was yeah. walking to a house, not a home all alone because nobody's there. Like that's I don't know. I just Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's perfect. I was listening to it and I'm like, yeah, I didn't even think about that song. So I like it. It I really actually, fits. Thank you. I didn't think about Right Where You Left Me, which is shocking because I always think about Right Where You Left Me. <laughs> yeah. So as hopefully you remember, I picked Right Where You Left Me. And once I kind of read, you know, that um, Virginia or Lenora, you know, at the time, like loved Ricky and he kind of left her like it just kind of made me think of like her just sitting in that house for so long just like right where she mm -hmm. left him so you know I mean literally the chorus right like help I'm still at the restaurant like I just thought of like I'm still at the house like yeah right where right where you left me like still sitting in the corner I haunt cross-legged in the dim light they say what a sad sight I swear you could hear a hairpin drop right like she can't she doesn't talk or anything like she's just sitting uh, in silence like, such just a good one. quiet just like you know dust collected on my pinned up hair they expected me to find they expected me to find somewhere some perspective but i just sat and stared right where you left me so you know um like the end of the chorus right like you left me no choice but to stay here forever like mm -hmm. she they took away her son from her and like one of the reasons she stayed is because you know technology wasn't really a thing then right like yeah so how else would like her son find her if she didn't stay at hope's end so like she just felt like she had no choice but to stay there and just right where like you know her family left her like yeah she had no choice but to stay there forever and um like same with the bridge right is like did you ever hear about the girl who got frozen? Like, time went on for everybody else. She won't know it. Like, uh -huh. she did not leave that house for 54 years. Yeah. Like, time was frozen for her, you know? Oh, and, um, like, how it was supposed to be. Did you hear about the girl who lives in delusion? Breakups happen every day. You don't have to lose it. Like, you know, she 
basically broke up with Ricky. I mean, not in a very nice sense, but yeah. Um, so, you know, she's still kind of in that fantasy, like her son is still with her, right? Like sitting in front of her. And so, yeah. um, you know, she like later in the song, right? It's like everybody moved on, but I'm still there and still like, so it just, you know, got her thinking, right? And there's also a line that's like, I'm sure you got a wife out there, which, you know, we found out Ricky did have a wife and yep. got, had a new kid and stuff, like kids and Christmas, but I'm unaware because Virginia didn't know, right? Like yeah. she didn't know what happened to Ricky. She didn't know. And so, um, like I cause no harm, mind my business because really like what, you know, by being just like there and having a baby, like maybe that was a domino effect, but really Virginia didn't cause any harm. You know, she was not the one who actually stabbed her parents or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the next line is like, if our love, if our love died young, I can't bear witness. And it's been so long. If you ever think you got it wrong, I'm right where you left me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, you think of like Virginia and just like, you know, the power of like that mother's love for her child, right? Like her heart was broken, but she's just like right where everybody just kind of left her just sitting there. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. That's such a good choice. Resonating, right? Yep. I, they're both like top tier Taylor songs too. Like they're very. And I, feel you like know, it's not, like, not expected, but also I feel like they both fit so well. Yeah. They're both very fitting for it yeah yeah as soon as i saw the bridge in dear reader i was like bitch that's lenora aka mrs baker like Mm -hmm. she's hiding in plain sight like it's crazy but yeah yeah so no that's perfect all right i like how like your bridge was like lenora and my bridge was like virginia Virginia? like of course (laughs) so good we didn't even talk about it (laughs) i know so we have our book ratings so god i don't even know at this point like so we rate in the moon to saturn so i as i said as we were getting toward the end there i just took this book at face value enjoyed it for what it was and when i tell you that of all the books that we've read and we've read some good like we've read some really good books recently this was the one Mm -hmm. book that i was dying to know what happened i was at the edge of my seat physically like crying out for every twist and turn was it mildly unrealistic totally did i enjoy every second a thousand percent which is why i am awarding another five moons because i just genuinely enjoyed it from start to finish so much and yeah it's a little off the wall a little wackadoodle but i'm fully here for it in this spooky season so like Britt, I was, I listened to it, right, in audiobook, and I was just captivated right away. Like, I did literally pick up the book, too, and read along because I could not take it. I had to, like, consume everything so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it is going to be my highest rated book so far. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite five Saturns, but four and a half. That is big for you, though. So that's big for me, but I will say this rating is mostly on vibes. Like I read this book in a day. Yes. And because I could not put it down. Um, So definitely pick this one up. 
total page turner. So we are continuing our spooky, our spooky season with our next book. And spooky season for us is really two books and we always intersperse thrillers, but we had to make sure that October had two spooky books. So I have seen this one recommended by a lot of people who read a lot of thrillers, a lot of horrors. Hannah's had this personally recommended to her um, by a friend. And so we are going to read Hidden Pictures by Jason Rakulik. And I am so excited for this one because it is a, it's categorized as a thriller, but a lot of people say it's more horror than thriller. And so I'm very excited for this one. Yeah, definitely. I've heard it's horror that like the person I know that read it had to like shut it and like set it aside because it was just getting very creepy. So mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect um, book for our spooky season um, episodes here. And if you don't like horror and thriller, skip to the next one because the next one will be very different. Yes. Um, but if you like horror and thriller, please join us for this one. Um, and also, um, if you haven't checked out already, we are going to be posting some bonus books um, of our favorite horror and thriller books that we have read in honor of spooky season. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're following us on social media, um, joining our Discord, and interacting with us in any way possible. Yes. So we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you all so much for sticking around for our first ever two part episode. We had quite literally zero intention for this to be two parts at one point we were like oh my god we're so good on time and then we looked and all of a sudden we're like it's been an hour and a half and we've talked about 20 pages something has to happen and before we knew it we were seven hours deep just living our best lives so thank you so much for sticking around we hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did yes thank you so much And we will update our Spotify playlist here soon. Yes. um, So you can enjoy more Taylor Swift. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode. Have a good one. Bye.